Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, April 3rd, 2022, which is the fifth Sunday in the season of Lent. Let's begin our time together with a reading from John's Gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with Jesus. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of Jesus' disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for three hundred denarii, and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. The Gospel of Christ May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. Have you ever considered how powerful our sense of smell is? I'm not just talking about what type of odors our noses can detect. Rather, think about all the memories and feelings that come to mind when you smell a familiar fragrance. What do you think of when you smell fresh pine needles? Maybe Christmas? What memories come flooding back when you smell fresh gingerbread cookies or apple pie? How about the smell of talcum powder and shampoo? For me, the smell of bacon and fresh coffee always makes me think of Saturday morning as a boy. We would have breakfast together as a family before spending the day running errands. As a boy, those Saturday mornings together with my family were the very heartbeat of what family meant. And the smell of frying bacon and fresh coffee brings those memories and feelings back every time. The smell of chlorine often brings back childhood memories of summer fun at our local swimming pool. No matter where I am, the smell of a freshly extinguished candle makes me think of church, and the smell of lilies always makes me think of funerals. One study showed that the connection between our sense of smell and our memory is so powerful that we remember 35% of what we smell compared to only 5% of what we see and 2% of what we hear. One reason is that our olfactory system is located in the same part of our brain that affects emotions, memory, and creativity. The part of the brain that processes smell interacts with regions of the brain that are responsible for storing emotional memories. A smell becomes associated with the particular experience, person, or time period with which it is paired. This morning, we have a story from John's Gospel in which we read about Jesus' friend Mary anointing his feet with expensive perfume. 
In a show of great humility, she then dried Jesus' feet with her hair. All the while, the aromatic fragrance of the perfume wafted through the house. As the other people in the house began to smell that fragrance, I wonder what they began to think. What memories would her actions trigger for those other guests? Going forward, would they associate that particular Jesus event with the smell of that particular perfume? What was Mary communicating with her actions? By anointing Jesus' feet in the way that she did, Mary could have been intending to do any one of a number of things. But the way in which John tells this story helps us understand Mary's actions a bit better. Mary has witnessed Jesus perform miracle after miracle. She has come to believe in him as someone who is more than simply just another religious teacher. She has even seen him raise her own brother Lazarus from the dead, so she knows that he even holds power over life and death. She expresses her adoration by anointing him in a way that was reserved for kings or for priests. We also know that Jesus was heading to Jerusalem for the Passover. Knowing that Jesus didn't have many friends in the religious establishment, his disciples were worried about what awaited him when he arrived in the capital. Mary's actions were not only an expression of her love for him, her actions also predicted his crucifixion. There is, of course, more to this story than Mary's act of devotion. We're told that the perfume she used was worth about one year's salary. That's a lot of money for a single gift that, once used, can never be used again. When was the last time that you spent a year's salary to buy someone that you loved a single gift? Clearly, her love for Jesus was profound. Although Mary's priority was expressing her love and devotion for Jesus, Judas complained about the expense. Judas took issue with Mary's extravagant expression of love for Jesus, saying that the money could have been better spent feeding the poor. Jesus responds that there will always be poor people, but that Mary would not always have Jesus, at least not in the way that she did right then. Jesus knew that his path led to crucifixion and implied that Mary somehow understood that as well. Now, to be honest, I've always struggled with this part of the Jesus story. Don't get me wrong, I don't take issue with how Mary spent her money. After all, it was her money. She had obviously saved well and spent her savings on someone that she loved a lot. The part that I struggle with is Jesus' declaration that there will always be poor people. Wouldn't it have been nice if he had simply abolished poverty altogether while he was here? As always, it's important to take things in context, including Jesus' teaching. So much of what Jesus did focused on teaching, feeding, and healing other people. Also, relationship was one of the central themes of Jesus' teaching. Not only our relationship to God, but also our relationships with other people. 
When Jesus was asked to summarize the entire Jewish law, he responded with two seemingly simple things. He said that we are to love God with every fiber of our being, and then to love each other as we love ourselves. As his time drew to a close, Jesus began sending his disciples out to carry on his work. He taught his followers that the way that they treated the hungry, the imprisoned, and the poor was a direct reflection of what they thought about him. This morning, we heard about Mary's extravagant expression of love for Jesus. Her love for him motivated her to spend a year's wages to anoint his feet with perfumed oil, filling the house with a rich aroma. Whether or not Judas' concerns for the poor were sincere, Jesus responded to those concerns by telling him that the poor would always be around. When we consider the broader scope of Jesus' teaching, we begin to see that Jesus' response was not motivated by callousness, nor was he neglectful by not miraculously curing the societal blight that we call poverty. Rather, he left instruction for those of us who follow him. As people of faith, one of the ways that we are called to express our love for God is by caring for those who are unable to care for themselves. We are to seek out the poor, the hungry, and all who are marginalized and spend our lives as an expression of God's love for them. Just as Mary expressed her love by anointing Jesus with aromatic perfume, you and I can become an outpouring of God's love for humanity. May we each learn to be a fragrant expression of God's love and mercy in and for the world. Let's pray. Jesus, receive our love and worship. Show us how to give you what we have, for nothing is too big or too small for us to offer or for you to use. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.